Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Hello everyone, my name is Stephen and I'm going to be doing today's Coach House Beacon. I would like to do something a bit different in today's beacon and look at how God used the famous scientist Albert Einstein in helping to establish the modern state of Israel. This event is the fulfilment of Old Testament prophecy and the super sign of the second coming of our Lord Jesus, for which we long. I acknowledge the ministry of Messianic Bibles for Israel as the source of this article. Not only was the teacher wise, but he also imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verses 9 and 10. While best known for his contributions in the realm of science, few know how Albert Einstein, a German Jew, was used by God to help the chosen people attain a homeland in the land of Israel. Even fewer know that Einstein taught his complex ideas of how the physical world operates using similar teaching techniques as Yeshua used. Many years after his death, we can still learn much from Einstein, not only as a genius in science, but also as a courageous citizen and a creative teacher. Einstein, the relevant teacher. Born in 1879 in the German Empire to Jewish parents, Einstein generally lived his adult life as a secular Jew. Yet he was not an atheist. He wrote that he had a humble admiration of an infinitely superior spirit that reveals itself in the little that we, with our weak and transitory understanding, can comprehend. That's taken from Albert Einstein, the human side, glimpses from his archives, page 66. Knowing that we have limits to our understanding, Einstein explained his bold but true ideas of how the physical world operates as Yeshua explained how the kingdom of God operates using parables, analogies that people could grasp and readily apply. In Einstein's book Relativity, the Special and the General Theory, Einstein addresses the reader without assuming any prior knowledge of the subject, said head of the Einstein Center at Jerusalem's Hebrew University, Professor Hanok Gutfreund. He uses familiar metaphors like railway cars and platforms. He often invites the reader to participate in the thought process by raising a question which he himself answers, like a one-sided platonic dialogue, drawing in the reader as an active participant. The greatest physicists of his day were unable to do what this young man of 36, who had never worked in a university, was able to do in his spare time from a job in a patent office, with a baby sitting on his knee, Gutfein said. Einstein gained widespread popularity as a scientist and used that influence to promote more provocative ideas, this time in the realm of Zionism and social justice. Einstein, the Jewish Patriot. In 1921, six years after publishing his relativity theory, 
Einstein accepted an invitation from a brilliant chemist and head of the World Zionist Organization, Chaim Weizmann, to tour the United States. On that tour, Einstein raised funds for two of his personal passions, helping the Jews settle in a national homeland and the establishment of a university in Jerusalem to be called Hebrew University. Four years later, Hebrew University opened on Mount Scopus and Einstein served on its first board of governors along with Shane Weitzman and Sigmund Freud, among others. In December of 1932, Einstein and his wife left Germany for good and planted his academic roots in the USA at the Institute for Advanced Study in Princeton, New Jersey. Back in Germany, however, Einstein became a propaganda tool for the Nazi regime, who called him ungrateful and not yet hanged, hinting that he would be hanged if he set foot in Germany again. As well, Deutsche Physik, the German physics community, banished his work labelling it Jewish physics and promoted Einstein book burning ceremonies. Though famous for his passionate pacifism, as well as his genius, the rise of Hitler's Nazi regime in 1933 helped Einstein understand that fighting for one's mere existence is not possible through inaction. True to that principle, throughout the 1930s, Einstein lobbied for the civil rights of African Americans in the US, as well as for the as well as for increasing the number of emigrant scientists, artists and others endangered by the Nazi regime throughout Europe. And he continued to support efforts for a Jewish homeland. At the request of his cousin, Einstein supported a fundraiser for the Haganah, the core of the Israel Defence Forces, or IDF, by writing a letter which would be auctioned off at the event. In his letter, postmarked May the 4th, 1948, ten days before Israel's official rebirth, he clearly stated his, uh, his position on the Zionist efforts. No one respects or bothers about those who do not fight for their rights. The letter raised $5,000 for the IDF. When United States President Harry Truman recognised Israel as a sovereign nation in May 1948, Einstein called it the fulfilment of our dreams. That year, Einstein visited the main campus of Hebrew University on Mount Scopus in Jerusalem and was invited to speak from the lectern that has waited for you for 2000 years. As he toured Israel, speaking to crowds of admirers, Einstein reflected, I consider this the greatest day of my life. In 1949, a year after six neighbouring nations invaded Israel, trying to overturn her national sovereignty, Einstein again gave a lecture at Hebrew University, clearly stating the realities of fighting for national existence. In the last period of, of the fulfilment of our Zionist dreams, there was but one thing that weighed heavily upon me, the fact that we were compelled by the adversities of our situation to assert our rights through force of arms. It was the only way to avert total annihilation. 
1952, after the death of Weizmann, who became Israel's first president, Israeli Prime Minister David Ben-Gurion asked Einstein to be the next president of the State of Israel. He declined, citing lack of experience and skills for the role. I am deeply moved by the offer from our State of Israel, and at once saddened and ashamed that I cannot accept it. All my life I have dealt with objective matters, hence I lack both the natural aptitude and the experience to deal properly with people and to exercise official functions, Einstein wrote in response. For these reasons alone, I should be unsuited to fulfil the duties of that high office, even if advancing age was not making increasing inroads on my strength, Einstein wrote. I am the more distressed over these circumstances because my relationship to the Jewish people has become my strongest human bond ever since I became fully aware of our precarious situation among the nations of the world. But Einstein also hoped for lasting peace with the Arab people based on fruitful cooperation and mutual respect and trust for this is the only means through which both peoples can attain true independence from the outside world. That fruitful cooperation and mutual respect that Einstein hoped for has not materialised. On the contrary, today the Palestinian Authority supports and pays out millions of dollars to Palestinian terrorist prisoners, ex-prisoners and families of the so-called Muslim martyrs who murder and maim Israeli Jews. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for using a great man like Einstein to help fulfil your prophetic word regarding the Jewish people. We do pray that increasing numbers of them will come to recognise their Messiah, Yeshua, and we pray this for Muslims too, and that we may look up knowing that our redemption is drawing near. In Jesus' name, Amen. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.